Well, he did it. He got on a plane, went to the CrossFit Games, and Eric took home the bronze. But listen, two days before we left, he was sure he wasn't even going. So if you want to hear a little bit of the drama that led into the games, if you want to, you want to hear about the day he was sobbing on the side of the road, and a little bit of what it's really like to be a 60-year-old competitive professional athlete, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. Did you actually compete in the CrossFit Games last week? Yes, I did. Pinch me. <laughs> <I know. laughs> this has been a long time dream, huh? Long time. I mean, I went a few years ago, but that was sort of special circumstances. So this time was was the full-on realization of what I've been working towards. And when did you kind of set that as a goal for yourself? Uh, uh, specifically like five years ago. I didn't even think it was possible. And I've been doing CrossFit a long time. I've been competing a little bit. But I didn't think it was possible until five years ago. And that's when I set it as, as a goal. So you turned 60 this year, which put you in a new age bracket. So explain, if you would, a little bit about how those age brackets work with CrossFit. And then I want to talk a little bit about the day you didn't think you were going to be able to go. <laughs> day of infamy. Yeah, so they do five-year brackets. So the Masters started. 35 to 39 and then 40 44 so wait if you're like 36 can you choose to compete as a master or compete with the like uber fit 24 year olds yeah the guy who won the 35 to 39 this year was coming back from an injury and he won that division and at the end he said i'm going back to try to compete as an elite the, with the younger guys so you can at that age, but once you get beyond, I would say 40, that's certainly pretty much out of the question. So, it, and the unique thing, or one of the things about CrossFit is they, the cutoff is you have to be born before July 14th for that season. And that's like a weird cutoff date, right? Where's that, where's that date come it's from? It's like two weeks before the start of the CrossFit Games. I don't know why they just picked that date. But my birthday happens to be July 5th, so I make the cutoff by nine days. So you're the youngest, you were the youngest competitor in your age group. I was the you were like the baby. I was the youngest <laughs> of the young, because most of the guys there, uh, this was their first year as a 60-year-old. It's just sort of the way it works. And I was the youngest of the young. So how'd it go? It went really Let's well. Let's go just to the end, right? How did it go? Uh, I ended up on the podium in third place. You took the bronze. I did. I took the bronze medal. So that was that was awesome. That was quite an experience. So I want to talk a little bit just to give people a flavor of what kind of uh, competition workouts or events you did, which now they have rebranded tests, which I think is stupid. Sorry, CrossFit. <laughs> Uh, events seems to make much more sense to me, but whatever. Uh, but before, before we talk about that, well, actually, let's let's talk about that. Let's do that first. So, can you share a little bit of a flavor of 
how many tests or events and kind of what was the mix up of events? Yeah, so we had eight different tests over three days. So there were three on the first day, three on the second day, and two on the last day. And one of the ones, I, I think this was the second day, was you had to climb an 18-foot rope. Oh, I, I'm shocked that that's the one you want to describe, Eric. Yeah, well, it is kind of the easiest to describe. <laughs> so you have to climb an 18-foot rope three times. You have to deadlift a barbell, so pick it up, picking it up from the ground to your waist. And what was the weight on your barbell? 275 pounds. Is that heavy for you? It was moderately heavy. It wasn't wasn't excessive by any stretch. Uh, my lifetime PR is about 400. What's a PR? Personal bet, personal record. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. So, uh, 10 deadlifts. And then you had to drag a 200-pound sled. So you're pulling a rope uh, 42 feet down the field. And you had to do that three times. And then that whole circle, that whole cycle three times. Right. So the three rope climbs, 10 deadlifts, pull the sled, do it again, do it again. And then at the very end, you had to push the sled back to where it started. And then you were at the finish line. So that was one of the events. All right. So since you queued it up, dude, how'd you perform on that event? Uh, I actually won that event. <laughs> so. And this is what I have been saying. You didn't actually win that event because I was there. You crushed, dominated, and destroyed that event. You were so far ahead of everybody else. I was, I was the only guy that started pushing the sled back. Everybody else was still pulling it when the time ran out. You were so far ahead. So just sort of top line without getting into details of each workout, some of the other kinds of things you did. So there was a 5K run that was just a foot race, just a running race. Just uh, your little, just like your local 5K turkey trot. So that was, that was okay. Then we did another one where you had to run a 400 meter lap swing a kettlebell and do pull-ups so that was another one we had to walk on our hands we had to carry 70 pound jerry bags they call them they're like like suit giant suitcases why do they call them jerry bags are they like jerry cans is yes, that a thing like jerry cans. what's a jerry can it's like a it's like an expression i know but i don't even know army what it means. gas container we're called jerry cans why who knows no idea so yeah that was actually a fun event to watch because it was like almost a little tiny feel of an obstacle course in that one yeah you had to carry the jerry cans around like a, a pylon and walk in a circle and you had to do a burpee over this box that they call the pig so that that was actually a really unpleasant workout that was probably the least pleasant workout of, of the weekend that's funny that you rank them in pleasantness. <laughs> yeah. More like I rank them in unpleasantness. Ah, fair. So the very last workout, just to give people a little bit of a flavor. Well, the very last workout you actually can see online. They finally did some good coverage of it, and it's on YouTube if anybody's interested. Um, but my favorite part of the final workout, the final test, the final event, whatever the heck you want to call it, is as the guys finished their work and went to the and ran to the finish line they literally just dove and rolled in a pile in just like a heap of 
male exhaustion. But <laughs> you know what was really interesting about that? What? Did you see Susan Clark come across the finish line in that workout? Uh, she strolled, right? <laughs> so Susan Clark is uh, one for her age group, same age group as you and in the women's. And yeah, she just she just strolled. So I'm a 175-pound male. Susan Clark is probably a 125-pound woman, I would say. No idea. Give or take. And there was one test where you had to... Uh, ride a stationary bike, you had to jump rope, you had to use, they have a ski machine, uh, you had to ride an air bike where you pump it with your arms. And I, I can't even believe I'm sort of admitting this, but we had the exact same test, the exact same number of repetitions that you had to do, men and women, and Susan beat me flat out head to head <laughs> by like 25 seconds. So she's a really interesting person and a lovely person. And she really is out there trying to show us all what's possible. Yeah, at age, at age 60. What's possible at 60 because she is one extraordinary athlete, as are you, as are all of the competitors. Yeah, and, and Susan, we, we stayed in the same hotel, as lovely a person as she is an athlete. Indeed. So you took the bronze took the bronze in the final test i had to be within one place of the guy who was in fourth and managed to do that and hang on by literally it, it could have been a, a second or two seconds in a different workout that would have shifted places there were several of these tests that if I was a few seconds faster, I could have been in second. I mean, it was just all so close pretty much the whole week. Oh, it absolutely came down to that final, final test. Uh, so, but you almost didn't get on the plane, dude. <laughs> so as regular listeners may know, I had shoulder surgery on my left shoulder last summer. I had uh, exactly a year to the day of the competition. So that was a, a major recovery and I rehabbed it and got it back in shape in time for this CrossFit season, which I knew I was turning 60. So this was it. This was the year. So, and I wasn't a hundred percent sure how the shoulder would hold up, but it's been holding up. But the Wednesday before we were supposed to leave, six days before the start of competition, I was working out in our little garage gym and practicing uh, a lift with the barbell. And as I was doing something that I've done dozens, if not hundreds of times before, I heard a very ugly crunching sound <laughs> in my right shoulder. Not the surgery shoulder. Not the surgery shoulder. And I continued sort of working out. It didn't hurt much at all. And, you know, I backed off things a little bit. And then I decided, you know what, I think I'll go home. And as I was going home, I sort of looked in the mirror. I pulled the car over, actually, and looked in the rearview mirror at my bicep that was, let's just say, misshapen. It fell down. Your bicep so, fell down. Yeah. So I had a complete tear of the long head of the bicep tendon. 
So, um, so how'd you how'd you take that news Wednesday night and Thursday? Was it Thursday? Joyce and I went for a walk as we often do, and I don't know a third of the way into the walk. Are, are you referring to me? Well, there was it was all my fault. Why? Because we were taking our frequent our typical walk for coffee and you know i mean i knew you were troubled and worried and all the things and i said how are you <laughs> <laughs> and my response was to bend over and release giant heaving sobs <laughs> there's no other way to describe it <laughs> so for how long did you were you convinced you weren't going at that point I wasn't convinced, but I was pretty skeptical that I was going to be able to go. Well, for the record, so was I. <laughs> so I booked an emergency appointment with my orthopedist and actually... You know, and just to be clear, most people don't walk around saying my orthopedist. <laughs> like most people don't have an orthopedist. I'm just lucky that no. way. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the wonderful surgeon who rebuilt your soul, your shoulder just last year. Correct. Oh, and he was on vacation. He was on vacation. So I went in with his surgical assistant, a physician's assistant who's very knowledgeable, and she could not have been more cavalier. She's she looks at it, she goes, she's like, "Oh, yeah, that's no big deal." <laughs> so apparently Tearing the long head of your bicep is no big deal. I, we are not doctors. This is not medical advice. If you tear the long head of your bicep, go to your doctor. Please. Let, I, your, let your doctor tell you it's no big deal. <laughs> or something else. Because sometimes that injury can be indicative of other things going on as well. It can be much more complicated. Uh, yeah, so. I, I still have to get an MRI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank But I, I said, you know, I have this competition, I've been training for years. It's next week. <laughs> Can I go? <laughs> and she's like, sure. I said, you know, I'm going to be like throwing around a barbell and hanging from a pull-up bar and climbing rope. She's like, yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> and you were. So off we went. Off we went. Yeah, it was a, it was a little nerve-wracking. So going into it, people ask me, you know, did you have a goal? Did you have an objective? And you know, a few weeks back, my objective was just sort of to be in the mix, to be in competition, to be maybe in the top half. But you, you know. had podium ambitions. Nah, yeah. I wasn't really thinking about it. And then my sort of objective was literally just to make it through the end of the week with my now two crummy shoulders. That was not that was not your full ambition. What was my full ambition? Your full ambition was to make it through the week and not be last. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was the ambition. And then as the week went on, basically, I just didn't do bad in any of the events. I was fifth in half of them. So it was, I was just in the top half in four of the eight events, just consistency. My worst place was one-sixth, and then I had that win a, third and fourth. And that added up to the bronze medal. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so my goal for you was for you to finish, not be last, and not get hurt. Like I had visions of you dropping a 270-pound barbell on your head, falling off the rope, being carried off the field. 
And you would not have been the only guy carried off the field, yeah. just to be clear. Yeah. Um, but I, one of the things that carried you through clearly this and I, I think everything you do, two things. Would you like to hear my two things about you? Yes. Grit and consistency. That, that's me. <laughs> that is you. Mr. Grit and Consistency. It's pretty amazing. How'd you get so gritty? No, and that's not, a, I don't mean that as a rhetorical question. I actually don't know the answer to that. How in the world did you get so gritty? Honestly, it's just sort of the way I'm wired. I just do stuff. Like, if, if, if you ask me the event that I won, like, I don't feel like I did anything special. I just put my head down and worked. You know, how'd I get through the week? I put my head down and worked. And that's just sort of what I, what I do. What do I do at our office every day? I put my head down and work. And that's just sort of what, what happens. But how'd you get so gritty? <laughs> you're, I, I, by describing it that way, you're describing your grit and your consistency and your head down. But, and I, I think it's sort of... Uh, I don't know, a throwaway to say it's just how I am. And it is how you are, but how in the world? And I ask the question, right, because there are people who may be thinking, well, I'm not that gritty. I mean, I've said it myself. You know, somebody said to me, like, uh, just last night we were uh, entertaining, seeing some friends, and one of them said, like, are you ever going to go to the games? And I'm like, I'm not that gritty. <laughs> So I think we have to be careful with our words and how we define ourselves because saying I'm not that gritty, which I have said before, is probably probably should stop doing that. Uh, but it does beg the question, how'd you get so gritty? Uh, I think I think some of that credit could go uh, to my mom. Um, we had some tough times when I was a teen and young adult. And my mom is as gritty as they come. That's really interesting. Do you think your dad was gritty? Yeah, I think my dad was pretty gritty too. He was uh, pretty gritty. He was he was a hard worker as well. He is hard work and grit the same thing. Is being a hard worker and being gritty the same thing? Mm. I don't think so. I, I'm going to answer my own question. I don't think so because I think I'm a very very hard worker. But I'm not as gritty as you are. So I don't think it's the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I would give it, I would say my dad was a hard worker. My mom was grittier. Interesting. Yep. So might it be fun to share a little bit of kind of the behind the scenes of the CrossFit Games? Sure. I had to pee in a cup. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so they, they take the top five athletes from each division, I didn't know this, and drag us to a room where there's professional, like drug testing people, and they have like all these rules and protocols, and you're like, this is, you know, is this your name? Is this your number? Does this number match this? And then you have to pee in a cup while someone watches. <laughs> That's behind the scenes. So th there's a whole piece to this that I don't think that you know, but this is when I discovered that I was a rookie around around being your CrossFit Games coach. So I had coach credentials. I was by your side for much of it. 
And as we were walking into the arena for the final event, the athletes were walking in front, the coaches were walking sort of behind them, and I was chatting with Susan Clark's coach. Now, Susan has won the games many times, several times. So her coach is a pro and she had a backpack. And I said something about, what you got, Kate? What are you carrying? Because all I had was my phone. <laughs> and she said, well, I have Susan's phone and I've got snacks and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why? And she said, well, they'll take the top five finishers directly from the competition floor to drug testing. And sometimes that can take a couple of hours. And I'm thinking, okay, it's hot. You've been going all day. This is the final event. You barely ate on Thursday. For whatever reason, the schedule was such that there was not a lot of food going in, which is a necessity under these kinds of circumstances. And I was completely unprepared. And Kate said, it's okay. I've got plenty of snacks. I'll share if he needs them. <laughs> well, they actually had snacks in the drug testing nook. They, so, they had snacks beyond and even water. And lots of water. <laughs> lots of water. They were like, drink up, boys. <laughs> so there was that. And then it there's a warm-up central holding area. It's like a giant exhibit hall where we all sort of hang out. And like an hour before the event. Well, starting with the, that warm-up area, it is like the biggest gym you've ever seen. I mean, there's rigs lining both sides of the room. There, there must have been 50 barbell stations. Yeah. Dozens and dozens of bikes and I mean so much stuff and then there's a whole sort of rehab area and like oh, you trainer would, area where they you wouldn't know you, any, you wouldn't know anything about that would you <laughs> all right so this is this is hilarious and I noticed this last time Eric was at the games especially with the masters they start out okay and as the competition continues more and more athletic tape until the old guys look like mummies yeah you were very limited you just you had your shoulders well, all taped up i had my shoulders taped up the first day and then i didn't want to touch it i was like this is my my lucky tape <laughs> so i i wouldn't let anybody redo it i wouldn't let anybody touch it and yeah so every it seemed like every test somebody else would have more tape on some part of their body more tape more tape more tape it was hilarious yeah so so they would call us by age group in into us uh, the corral they literally called it the corral and they would they put, actually treat corral like a verb yeah time to corral yeah they would put a timing chip around our ankle which i understand didn't work all that well <laughs> yeah i don't think it worked so well half the time maybe and then we'd wait and then they'd march us to another waiting area that also had some some equipment this was a lot smaller but they would usually have some of the implements that you were going to be using so you could warm up and we'd wait there for a good half hour or so and then being in the 60 64 they would call the 65 plus age group before us so we knew when they were bringing them out and then they would call us they'd march us into the tunnel 
And as soon as the older age group was done, they were walking off the field. Once they got all the way off the field, they would go, all right, jog out there, you know, and they'd be like, look, peppy, <laughs> run, you know, jog. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's like hot. I'm like barely trotting. Uh, and then we would compete, do, do the event, lay on the ground, writhing in front of these fans for as long as they'd let us. And then they'd usher us off the field and the next group would go. And we would do that sort of over and over and over. What was your favorite part of this game's experience? Oh, well, winning that event for sure. I think that was that was that was my favorite part or the the final coming in third that was pretty pretty great too but just winning that event uh, and you sort of described it but I was out there and the way they had us facing I could only see two of the nine other guys I couldn't see the guys behind me so I didn't really have an idea where everybody else was but at some point, it sort of dawned on me that I was all alone. <laughs> I was like, I must be doing pretty good. So keep doing whatever I'm doing. But I, I did not let up until the end because I was just I was just scared to death. Somebody was going to come roaring up behind me. So that was your favorite part, understandably, because you didn't just win that event. You dominated, crushed and killed that event. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the biggest lessons learned? about yourself, about whatever. What le true lessons can you take away from this experience? Just like keep trying, keep going. Like when I thought I wasn't gonna be able to do well, when I thought I wasn't gonna be able to go there. Even going back to two years ago, I, I had a really bad opening event in the qualifiers. I mean, really bad. And I almost just didn't finish the qualifying for the, for the games that year. But I just kept going and I made it then and just kept going through through this and just trying to put out my best each each and every test. Okay, but what did you really learn? That's like the cliche. Keep going <laughs> and I learned to put out my best <laughs> and just keep moving forward, but seriously. Um what did I really learn? Yeah. Uh, What'd you learn about yourself? I, I learned that something like this, as great as, as it is, as much as I've worked towards it and all that, is, is fleeting. And the daily life that you and I have built, the business, that's sort of lasting. So not to build this sort of up too much beforehand because moving forward it it's not life-changing it's not this you know huge thing that's gonna last forever it's a really awesome experience but focusing on the day-to-day -day, we're getting our daughter off to college focusing on the next literally five days that we still have her in the house that's that's really what's important. And as cool as this was, wouldn't trade it for anything. It's it's kind of a blip, which is uh, on the one hand a little almost disappointing, not not really, 
but it is something that I'm just a little bit more aware of and just reminded that it's, it is the little things. It's what they say, no matter where you go, there you are. Exactly. Right. So the games are behind you. You did extraordinarily well. You made yourself proud. You made your family and loved ones proud. You did amazing. And we, oh gosh, we were just so happy to be home, back in our own house, back in our own bed. And then you wake up the next day and there you are, back in your own <laughs> house and in your own bed. And basically nothing's changed. And that that's okay. That's the way it should be.